We've gone from the worst infection rate in the country to the best infection rate in the country. If we have to do physical distancing and students can't be as close together as they are in a traditional classroom, then we need to be creative with the way schedules work. The state of New York celebrates plummeting coronavirus infection rates, while San Diego schools get new guidance on how to implement health and safety protocols in the fall. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. In just a moment, we'll talk to Music Watson, the chief of staff from the San Diego County Office of Education, about the COVID-19 reopening and recovery plan sent out to districts earlier today. But first, here are some of the top coronavirus headlines for Wednesday, June 17th. A new Sandag report shows that San Diego's black and Hispanic communities have been hit the hardest by the economic downturn during the pandemic. The report found that black and Hispanic people were four times more likely to live in an area impacted the most by unemployment than white people. The report's major finding shows that the southern part of the county has been impacted the most by the pandemic. If about 53% of the black population and 49% of the, of the Hispanic population lives in a zip code where you have higher than average COVID cases. The report also found that black and Hispanic people are more likely to work in a high contact job. It shows that Hispanic employees make up about 30% of San Diego's overall workforce, but account for nearly half of those working in food service. Black employees make up about 5% of the workforce and account for nearly 20% of public transit workers. San Diego's economy may rebound easier than other parts of California thanks to its large number of essential workers. According to Beacon Economics, about 67% of San Diego workers are considered essential. That's higher than Silicon Valley, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Essential workers are less likely to be laid off or furloughed. However, San Diego's tourism industry was the hardest hit in California. The border will remain closed for non-essential travel for another month, according to the Department of Homeland Security. ABC 10 News reporter Cassie Carlisle explains why this comes as a sucker punch to San Ysidro businesses finally reopening due to the pandemic. It's completely devastating. Owner of El Rincón in San Ysidro, Edgar Alanis, frustrated after finally reopening for dine-in last week, the first time in three months, and getting slapped with the news that the border would not be reopening June 22nd, now extended to July 21st. I just found out a couple hours ago that they were going to do this. I had absolutely no clue. Alanis said about 75 to 80% of their customers are from Mexico. And right now, they're only seeing a fraction of them. I would say we're only receiving around um, 20% of those customers. That's what happens when the border is, is closed for three months. People people find different ways and, and a restaurant like me, they find a different restaurant. He hopes to welcome them back when the border finally reopens and hopes to see more of his neighbors with open doors as well. There was another restaurant that I know opened in San Ysidro, but I believe uh, that other restaurant and myself are the only ones that have opened. Seeing this challenge is one we will all overcome. We move forward with uh, with strength and, and a bright vision. That's that's what it that's what it is and that's what it always be about. Cassie Carlisle, ABC 10 News. 
At the risk of being a little repetitive, San Diegans are being urged to continue taking coronavirus precautions seriously. Today, county leaders stress that wearing a face covering is one of the easiest and most effective ways to slow the spread of the virus. They say wearing a mask is more important than ever as more people are venturing out of their homes. While it is inconvenient, uh, it is a temporary inconvenience uh, and a minor one uh, compared to the potential impacts of spread and potential death. Uh, and so we continue to believe strongly that the utilization of face coverings when you are within six feet of a non-household member uh, is an important part of our strategy. County leaders also encourage people to get tested. Two new testing sites opened in Spring Valley and Mira Mesa. You can make an appointment by calling 211. Testing is free. A German company has started clinical trials on an experimental coronavirus vaccine. CureVac will test its version of the vaccine in 168 healthy volunteers. If it's proven safe, the German researchers will then test its effectiveness in preventing COVID-19. The vaccine works on the unproven technique of teaching the body cells to identify and attack the virus. A drug that showed positive results in treating adult coronavirus patients is now being tested on children. Researchers say they're starting advanced trials of remdesivir in 50 pediatric patients. The drug's maker, Gilead Sciences, says the trials will be done in the U.S. and Europe. They will involve children with moderate to severe cases of COVID-19. Remdesivir is the only drug that received emergency approval in the U.S. for treating coronavirus infections. Earlier studies showed it can speed up the recovery of some adult patients. Five YMCAs in San Diego are reopening in two weeks. They are the Mission Valley, Magdalena Ecke family, Dan McKinney family, McGrath family, and Jackie Robinson family YMCAs. Those will open July 1st, with another four or five opening the following week. Some Ys around the country have already opened with new safety measures. Members have their temperatures checked at the door. They're also encouraged to check in by phone. One member says the new changes give her peace of mind while she works out. It lets me know that the YMCA has thought through uh, what we're doing here, how we are to interact with one another. Some locations are also closing twice a day for a deep cleaning. Another sign San Diego's returning to normal? Free street parking is coming to an end. The city says parking enforcement will resume next month. A two-week grace period will begin July 1st. Only written warnings will be given out until July 15th. That's when citations with fines will be issued. And Major League Baseball is now proposing a 60-game season. The plan submitted to the Players Association today would give the players full prorated pay. The deal not done yet, but this is progress from a few days ago when the commissioner said the entire season was in doubt. Under the new proposal, the season would begin July 19th and include an expanded playoff format. And joining me today on the podcast is the Chief of Staff at the San Diego County Office of Education, Music Watson, as we're uh, looking over the new COVID-19 reopening and recovery plan that was issued today. Now, obviously, uh, there's a lot in here, Music. Uh, first of all, can you tell me, thanks for joining us, first of all, can you tell me uh, the procedure that kind of went into developing all these recommendations that were released today. Absolutely, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So we had a stakeholder group, about 30 or 40 people who represented um, subject matter areas like transportation and food service, but also parents and members of the different unions who work in schools. And so we um, worked really hard with them to understand what their needs would be what their questions were, and then as guidance came out from public health at the federal, state, and local level, we incorporated that to make sure that what we're telling schools
schools lines up with what the public health experts are recommending. So obviously, um, there's a lot of schools in San Diego County. Um, some are in, you know, the center of urban areas. Some maybe in suburban areas. Some could be uh, more on the outskirts of the county. Uh, how applicable are, are these guidelines, would you say, universally uh, to schools throughout San Diego? Yeah, that's a great question. So when we were creating this guidance, we really tried to focus not on what are the things that you should do, because that's recommended by public health, but if you are going to do a certain thing, how should you do it? So if you are going to do symptom screening, whether that's for employees or for students, how might you set that up? How would you need to staff that? What supplies would you need? If you are going to offer personal protective equipment to your employees, how should you think about the different types of PPE, as they call it? Um, so when we were working on this, our focus was really on the how to, not the what to. One of those um, areas of health guidance, you know, from uh, government officials have been about wearing masks. And uh, that's also one thing that's kind of covered here. So if school districts are hoping to have kids wearing masks and, and maintain social distance when they return on campus. Can you go through some of the kind of recommendations that, that the board of the Office of Education is making for those? Sure. Uh, so one thing that's important to note is that the guidance from the California Department of Public Health requires districts to require uh, use of face coverings and that the school district or charter school would provide those face covers. For students, they are recommended, encouraged to wear face coverings. So, um, you know, again, thinking about that's, that's the what, what about the how? We've got some personal protective equipment, some face shields, some face coverings that are cloth, some disposable face masks that will be deployed to San Diego County from the state that we, the County Office of Education, will make available to districts and charter schools. Um, and then we looked at the guidance. So some of the questions that we pose to districts and to charter schools in thinking about face coverings is, first of all, check with your attorney to make sure uh, there's a legal basis for being able to require that, because obviously this has become very political. And so we want to make sure that everybody is operating from a place of compliance with the law. Um, and then we made some assumptions. How many masks might a student need in a day? How, how many masks should you provide for employees and things like that? Um, scheduling is another issue that I think parents have certainly been concerned about, as well as, as teachers and administrators. Um, the idea that perhaps students could be broken up into different time periods, different days, combine a mix of on-campus and distance learning. What were some of the, uh, the guidances that were issued when it came to scheduling a school day? All of those things you just mentioned. So if we have to do physical distancing and students can't be as close together as they are in a traditional classroom, then we need to be creative with the way schedules work. So it's a local decision. It will be up to each school district and charter school to figure out what they're going to do. But knowing that they might be thinking through blended learning, which is doing some in person, some online in a hybrid way, or that they might have students in school but would need to move desks apart and things like that. Um, you know, the extent to which you do those things also has an impact on your overall scheduling. So we provided some guidance that looked at things like block schedules. We uh, provided some guidance around different percentages of students that could be on campus on a given day. So in looking around the world, we know that there are some countries like Australia where they actually have half of their students coming for one full five-day week and then the other five-day 
week, the following week, they have the other half of students. I don't know that we'll see that here in San Diego County, but we really also tried to look at best practices from other countries that have already reopened their schools. And then, of course, ultimately, the point of all this is to try to make sure our kids get the best educations possible. Um, with that in mind, uh, considering what's already happened and the uh, the impromptu nature of, of the shutdowns that happened earlier this year, uh, how are you kind of offering guidance on how schools can uh, you know, help kids catch up if they've fallen behind? And, and the idea that some kids will have not fallen behind, others will, to try to get everybody back on the same page. Yes. So the first thing is to assess student learning. So normally we would have standardized tests and folks would be able to know really clearly in a uniform way across our region and across our state how students are doing. But because of the campus closures, we don't have that. So our curriculum experts, our folks in the Learning and Leadership Services Division at the County Office of Education have put together some plans for mitigating learning loss, some plans around how to use what's called formative assessment to assess students' learning. Um, and really it's going to come down to school districts, charter schools, school sites, doing a, a fine analysis of where their students are compared to the standards and then crafting plans, hopefully including parents who are very important partners to get students caught up to where they should be. Another big step forward, uh, Music Watson, Chief of Staff at the San Diego County Office of Education. Appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're also seeing more good news as the process of rebounding from the pandemic continues. Target workers who were on the front lines of making sure people could still get essential supplies since the start of the pandemic are getting a big raise and bonus. The company announced they're raising their minimum wage to $15 an hour starting July 5th. Back in 2017, Target announced they were planning to increase starting pay from $11 to $15 an hour by 2020. Target also announced all essential workers will get a $200 bonus and all will have access to free telehealth services through the end of the year. That also applies to workers who don't have health insurance through the company. San Diego still faces a long road to recovery even after the pandemic subsides. ABC 10 News is committed to helping San Diegans rebound from the turmoil created by the coronavirus, getting back on our feet, finding jobs, resources, and creative solutions to rebuild. Together, we'll find a way. For stories and more information on how we bounce back, go to 10news.com rebound. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins.